1: And we're still talking about revolution.
2: Hello and welcome to the Doing Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. And just a couple of things before we start. Um, I'm just about to speak with Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective. Thousands at... Melbourne Palm Sunday yesterday walked to call for an end to suffering on Manus and Nauru, and that was in Melbourne and across the country. Tens of thousands of people took to the streets in Palm Sunday actions calling for the fair and just treatment of all refugees and people seeking asylum. And so we'll be speaking with Chris about that and and speaking to him about some of the interesting interesting policies um, coming up to the federal election. I wouldn't call the policies interesting. Some of them are quite atrocious. And then after that, hopefully Ravi will be joining our discussion. He's a wonderful poet and um, asylum seeker as well who is coming to the studio. And and then after that, I'll be talking about a candlelight vigil in honour of Aboriginal deaths in custody. And that'll be at the Atherton Gar- Gardens from 5.30 to 7 um, near the stolen generation maker Atherton Gar- Gardens on the corner of Brunswick and Gertrude Streets. So I'll be talking about that later. But for now, let's speak to Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the program.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me on.
2: It's lovely to have you. Now, Chris, I'm wondering if you could just talk about uh, the action yesterday and a little bit of background and what's what's going on.
1: Um, yes. we had a a rally walk for justice for refugees. Um, There were, you know, maybe up to 10,000 people uh, at the rally who were protesting. The main message that we were sending is that Manus and Nauru need to close and that the refugees need to be brought here. Um, Scott Morrison, the coalition have already started attack ads on um, Facebook about refugees saying Australia can't afford more refugees. But there are thousands of refugees on Manus and Nauru um, who can't afford you know, another coalition government. There are 30,000 in the community on temporary protection visas who you know, can't afford another coalition government. Um, and so that was the message that we were sending out. So we want Morrison out, we want refugees in, but we're also sending a message, I guess, to a potential Shorten government uh, that we're going to keep up the fight until Manus Nauru are closed because at the moment uh, the Bill Shorten says that Labour wants to clear Manus Nauru, they would send 150 people to New Zealand, but that still leaves 800 in limbo. They don't have third countries and so we're saying that after New Zealand, after America, the US deal is exhausted, the the only realistic third country is Australia and a shortened government needs to stop the excuses and delays. Well, a shortened government, I'm speaking ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, stop the excuses and delays and commit to bring the refugees here.
2: So the Labor government isn't proposing to do that? leading up to the federal election, they uh,
1: promising that? or a possible uh, Labor government if they won the election. No, yeah, they're they they saying the that they'll clear Manus and Nauru, but they, at their Labor conference, they refused to put time limits on it. And so they're not saying where they would send the people other than 150 people to New Zealand. They say third countries, but there aren't third countries anymore than the Liberals have got third countries at the moment.
2: Absolutely. So it's it's interesting that there's not really a coherent refugee policy at the moment, is there?
1: Um, well, there is a coherent refugee policy and it's all about fear-mongering and scapegoating and demonising. I mean, we saw that with the, um, the uh, Morrison reopening Christmas Island for $185 million and not sending a single refugee there. And it was all on the basis of his lie that refugee refugees... Um, because of the Medivac bill, who come here, they could be pedophiles, rapists or murderers. And after making that sphere a month after, it's actually an Australian um, guard who's been charged with sexual assault on Manus, and Morrison had nothing to say about that. And interestingly, I mean, Ber- Beruz Bucani, um, who spoke uh, via video at the rally, made the point that it's that sort of fear-mongering Uh, that on the one hand Australia has brought violence to Manus and Nauru, but that fear-mongering amongst uh, Australia's politicians, um, the Islamophobia from Scott Morrison, is the sort of fear-mongering that's allowed the far right to grow and that's responsible for the the Christchurch um, uh, massacre in New Zealand.
2: Indeed. Yeah, and the, the Christchurch massacre, I mean, what are the implications there?
1: Um, well, refugees. I mean, it, it, it's terrific horrific. You know, I think it, it, it goes to the, the hate speech. that comes not just from Pauline Hanson and no. Fraser Anning, but I think from the centre of Australian politics. So, you know, Peter Dutton smeared the entire Lebanese community as terrorists, saying they should never have um, come here. Uh, they wanted to prioritise white South African farmers who don't face persecution but wouldn't take a single Rohingya farmer. Uh, you know, hundreds of thousands fleeing in Australia's backyard because they're Muslims. In the Syrian refugee intake, uh, Christians were prioritised over Muslims, and all of that sort of um, racism gives uh, allows the far right to flourish, and there needs to be some responsibility taken at the, the centre of uh, Australian politics. Um, <coughs> the other thing that was quite good, Michelle O'Neill, who's the ACTU president, spoke at the rally, and she said that Australian working people should be more afraid of billionaires on yachts. Than a couple of thousand asylum seekers who want to come here by boats, And I, I think that's very true.
2: Absolutely. It is very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you do, Chris,
1: huh? <coughs> Sorry, I just had to cover the microphone. I had a bit of a cough. Can yeah. you repeat that?
2: What, what do you do? I mean, she's right.
1: What do you do? You... Um well, you have to stand up against it in the first place. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we organise the rallies and that we are going to keep fighting no matter who wins the election. Um, I mean, the, the, the refugee movement has made a difference. I mean, Scott Morrison himself was the person who sent a video message to the families on Nauru saying they would never be resettled in Australia. Even he's had to back down and bring the, the kids off Um Everything that damages children damages adults, and so we say it's time to get everybody off. Um, we have seen some small breaks in the bipartisan consensus, despite, you know, short and tragically being still committed to offshore processing and boat turnbacks. Uh, they did break and pass the Medivac um, bill. Um, the yeah. Scott Morrison defeated on the floor of Parliament. They are saying they're going to get rid of um, temporary protection visas and bring back, bring back permanent protection. So there are some small cracks there, but it's not enough. And we we are going to keep campaigning until we've got everybody off Nauru and we've got humane refugee policy um, in this country.
2: So you had a number of speakers yesterday at the State Library, which was Sunday the 14th of April. And you mentioned mentioned, um, the guy that's on uh, Nauru, sorry, Manus Island, what's his name?
1: Uh, Beirut Bhutani. Sorry, Beirut Bhutani. won the Bouchani. Victorian Premier's Literary Award for his book, No Friend But the Mountains.
2: And he's an Iranian journalist who fled and sought refuge in Australia and he's being held on, on Manus? Yes. And he's spoke Iranian, by phone. Iranian Kurdish
1: journalist. He's been there for um, almost six years, like all the people. Actually, the Media, Arts and Entertainment Alliance have now got a campaign to free him, um, which is very good.
2: Yeah, so he's still he's campaigning from there, which is which is fantastic.
1: Yes, he's campaigning from Manus. He's he's he's, a, he's still a prisoner on Manus, along with um, you know everybody else there, the other refugees.
2: And it's interesting because you've you've you guys have put a from the Refugee Action Collective have put a great quote in your media release there, um, where he says, "I would like to ask the Australian people to condemn this kind of violence." and the politicians and media who have contributed to this violence with their words. So I believe he was talking there about the Christchurch attacks as well?
1: Yes, he was. I mean, he made, he made quite a point about making a link between the violence on Manus and Nauru and the violence that happened at Christchurch, and that the same politicians um, bear responsibility, I mean, directly on Manus and Nauru, and indirectly in, in terms of Christchurch, but that responsibility is still there.
2: And Richard Flanagan, there was also a, a quote from Richard Flanagan, as well in, in the media release.
1: Uh, yes, Richard Flanagan, who the author, also a friend of Beirut's, also spoke, spoke strongly in the need to close um, Manus in Nauru. Spoke for the need for a royal commission into the horror of the detention camps, and the, I mean particularly about the you know the twelve deaths that there have been um, there, and actually just uh, it was two days ago, maybe three days ago now, there was a, um, a friend of um, Beirut's who had um, been on Manus who was forced back to um, Vietnam, who was killed in Vietnam. And we don't yet know the um, circumstances of, of his death, if they were to do with the fears that he had for, for going uh, back there. But he should never have been deported. He should never have been you know, made to live in fear.
2: Certainly not. Um
1: And some of the other speakers we had also, um, uh, Lavanya Savaraja from the Tamil Refugee Council, and she particularly talked about some of the um, long-term detainees, uh, like the case of Sanjan, who's been in detention for 10 years now. Um, He was recently diagnosed with cancer, and he is still not being allowed out. It is a crime, what is being done to people.
2: It is an absolute crime. And are there any other events coming up?
1: Um, we are having a forum on Monday, April the 29th at 6.30 at the Nurses' Union, which is 535 Elizabeth Street, on the case to close the camps and welcome the boats, because uh, sometimes uh, there are people who have argued that you know we should accept a compromise to um, accept boat turnbacks, and then we'd be able to close the camps and we think that wouldn't work and you shouldn't trade off one rights for another.
2: Absolutely. So we've got
1: um, Dr. Savitri Taylor, who's part of Refugee Legal, and a law professor, who's associate professor who's speaking, uh, Lavanya who's speaking and a speaker from RAC. Um, so people, please come along to that. And then I guess the next thing is after the election on um, Saturday, July 20th, on the 6th anniversary, well, July 19th is the 6th anniversary of the PNG announcement when Kevin Rudd said that people would be sent to Manus and they would never be resettled in Australia. Um, and so we've called a rally uh, for that date after the election to say it's time that the, the camps have to close. Because I think a lot of people, if we do get a Labor government, and certainly I want to get rid of Morrison, uh, will be expecting that there'll be change.
2: I really hope so, and I hope that Labour is able to take out um, that the, they they're not going to turn back boats in their policy because there, there was a there was a uh, something about. No, sadly, that is still that is, is that still Labor
1: policy that they want to turn back the refugees boats. refugees coming on boats are no threat. Boat turnbacks put lives at risk. They send refugees back to, to danger. I um, mean, the, the other policy which is quite important, and I I, I don't think Labour's made its position clear on it yet. There's currently about 14,000 refugees, UNHCR recognised refugees, who are stranded in Indonesia and who are destitute. They're not able to come here. Australia used to be the biggest resettler, but Abbott had a ban. And so overturning that ban is also going to be an important part of um, refugee policy.
2: Just to alert listeners and just a bit of a postscript um, to my introduction at the beginning, we're going to be interviewing um, David Shoebridge, Greens MP shortly, later on at 4.30. And I will be asking him, Chris, about his policy um, for refugees. Or not his policy, but Um, the policy of the Greens Party.
1: I mean, that's good. I mean, David will be good. And generally, the Greens have had a um, very good uh, position. I mean, we've had some minor debates around regional processing, but they they are certainly saying close Manus and Nauru and bring the refugees here, and and that's important.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, we'll be interviewing David Shoebridge. This this is a, a special broadcast today about deaths in custody. And indeed, um, there's a death scape, There's a website called deathscapes.org. And on that website, you will find not only Aboriginal deaths in custody, but also refugees who have died in detention. So You might want to have a look at that, Chris, sometime.
0: Okay. We had Thank our recent
2: that. symposium um, in Sydney couple of weeks ago. Now, I'm just going to check if Ravi's here. Hello, Ravi. No, nope, he's not here yet. So I'm afraid, Chris, that he, he can't join us for, for this discussion, but hopefully he'll be coming soon. Chris,
1: can you uh, just... No, a shame. I mean, Ravi has been a, a, a long time. Mm. spoken out about refugees. You know, he spent time on Nauru. His story is, is well worth um, well worth listening to.
2: Well worth listening to indeed. And um, I'm hoping that he will be able to come. He was stuck in traffic. Um, so we'll, we'll have a look at that. Chris, thank you so much. Can you just give us the, the website um, for the Refugee Action Collective?
1: Uh, our website is um, rac-vic.org. Uh, Vic,
2: thank you or so if much. You
1: just Google Refugee Action Collective, you'll find it.
2: That's lovely. Thank you so much for, um, for coming onto the program, Chris.
1: Thank you for having me on.
2: Take, take care. Okay. Bye. bye. And that was Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective, um, speaking about um, speaking about refugee rights and asylum seekers, and having a look at um, some of the some of the policies of the governments, or sorry, the parties um, for the before the federal election, or leading up to the federal election.
3: The federal election is on Saturday the 18th of May. If you are serving a full-time sentence of less than three years, you are eligible to vote. You can enrol or update your details on the Australian Electoral Commission's website at www.aec.gov.au. You will also need to apply for a postal vote. You can do this online or by contacting the Australian Electoral Commission via telephone on one three two three two six, hard copy forms will also be available in most prisons. Please ask staff for assistance. The Australian Electoral Commission is a three CR supporter.
2: And you're back with the doing time show, and we're just keeping an eye here on Ravi. So while we're waiting for him, um, just wanted to speak a little bit about Aboriginal deaths in custody at, because it is the anniversary of the Royal Commission. And um, it's an absolute disgrace that on this anniversary of Bob Hawke um, announcing the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody that most of the 339 recommendations haven't been upheld. And just a warning to um, listeners, that to, especially to Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islanders, that we will be talking about people that have died. Um, so, you know, one of those people was Mr Clarks atrocious death because of the failure by racist police to exercise duty of care. Um, This show is as much about police corruption and institutional racism as it is about deaths in custody. And we're here today to honour all people that have died in custody. And in this climate of racist police brutality and violence, I need to ask listeners this crucial question. Has anything really changed? Since calls for the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody by families who fought for their loved ones who died in suspicious circumstances including Eddie Murray in 1981, Robert Walker and Charles Michael in 1984, Tony King, Dixon Green and Douglas Scott in 1985 and Lloyd Boney in 1987 amongst many others. The Commission was finally announced on 10 August 1987 by then Prime Minister Robert Hawke in response to growing public concern. The Commission would never have been called were it not for tenacious fighters, such as Leela, Arthur and Anna Murray, and Letty Scott. Their contribution towards building the movement to stop Aboriginal deaths in custody and to spark independent investigations to put an end to police investigating police. Both the Murrays and the Scots fought for the bodies of Douglas and Eddie to be exhumed. Both autopsy reports revealed injuries and evidence of torture in Douglas's case, inconsistent to the open findings of suicide by hanging. Civilian review boards are important um, and they need to be established to hold racist cops to account. I'd like to draw your attention to some very important um, anniversaries, the f- 31st anniversary of the death of Eddie Murray and the 27th anniversary of the death of Douglas Scott who both died in custody in deplorably suspicious circumstances. 29 years, sorry. 20th June, um, the anniversary of an all-white jury acquitting Chris Hurley after his involvement in the death of Mono- Malungi Damaji in November 2004 in Palm Island. 19th July, the anniversary of the gagging of Lex Watton Lex was jailed for his role in a justified protest by the Palm Island community against yet another whitewash of a death in police custody. He was stripped of his human rights and politically gagged since his release, while Chris Hurley has been promoted and compensated. Lex was sentenced to six years in prison. A full implementation of the 339 recommendations of the 1987-1991 to Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody is important. It is a known fact the First Nations people are imprisoned at a much higher rate than non-Indigenous people. It is also another known fact that the three hundred and thirty-nine recommendations of the Royal Commission are not being upheld, including the one that advocates prison be a last resort. Implement recommendation ninety-two. Imprisonment must be a sanction of last resort. And this is that that particular recommendation is is adheres to um the death in custody of twenty-two-year-old woman Jalika Dew, or Miss Um and of course, there's the more recent ones, um, David Dungay, and and w- who we have extensively um, interviewed his mother um, on this show, and an auntie Tanya Day, of course, um, who died last year and I'll play you an announcement of a petition that's actually going around at the moment about, about abolishing public drunken laws. She may have been alive today. So I'm just going to quickly um, advertise a candlelight vigil that's happening in honour of Aboriginal deaths in custody, 5.30 to 7. It's near the Stolen Generations Maker Atherton Gardens, and... Um, And Monday, 15th of April marks 28 years since the end of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody in 1981. And since then, more than 411 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have died in custody. We'll remember every one of those individuals and their families, many of them who are still fighting for justice. And so rock up there and see if you can light candles for all the people who've died in custody, their families, communities and nations. Many of the Royal Commission recommendations continue to be ignored by successive governments. The system has continued to fail Aboriginal people, and this is why they are still losing their loved ones. And I was going to actually um, interview um, perhaps some Aboriginal families and we usually do look we, we interview the Do and time show is um, is instrumental in interviewing Aboriginal families throughout the whole year. And for some reason today I couldn't find anybody. And that's because people have been trauma, traumatised and there is a lot of grief and sometimes people just don't want to come on so or can't come on. So I thought that I would actually um, quote some sections out of um, a speech that I made um, some years ago now um, when, when I was doing some work with ISJA. So I hope that people got something out of that. So I rock up to that action or sorry, the vigil. You know, there are mums and dads and sisters, brothers, cousins and much-loved community members. And we need communities, not prisons. It's approximately 4.23. I don't know where Ravi is, um, but I think I'm going to put on a song now. And this song is actually by Ruby Hunter. And, and I believe it's called um, Unfinished Business. But before I do that, I'll put on the, um, the petition um, about as a result of what happened with Auntie Tanya Day last year.
3: The federal election is on Saturday the 18th Oops. of May. If you are serving a full-time sentence of less than three years, you are eligible to vote. You can enrol or update your details on the Australian Electoral Commission's website at www.aec.gov.au. You will also need to apply for a postal vote. You can do this online or by contacting the Australian Electoral Commission via telephone on one three two three two six. Hard copy forms will also be available in most prisons. Please ask staff for assistance. The Australian Electoral Commission is a 3CR supporter.
4: In December 2017, Tanya Day, proud Yorta Yorta woman and much-loved member of the Aboriginal community, was travelling by train to Melbourne. When V-Line staff found her asleep, they called Castlemaine Police and she was removed from the train and charged with public drunkenness. Tanya died 17 days later as a result of head injuries sustained while in custody. This would never have happened had the recommendations of the 2001 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody been implemented. Tanya Day's family is calling for the crime of public drunkenness to be abolished and for the implementation of genuine community health alternatives to incarceration. Please add your support by signing the petition at 3CR Reception, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, or online by entering Tanya Day petition into your browser.
5: Are you 18 years and over? Have you been stopped by a Victorian police officer or protective service officer in the last 10 years? Would you like to contribute to research that aims to inform law reform and litigation strategies to prevent over-policing? Go to policestopsurvey.online for more information and to take part. That's policestopsurvey.online, a 3CR supporter. Radio for the workers, by the workers, since
4: 1976.
0: Hi, my name is Lex Wharton, and I listen to 3CR and I hope you do too. I hope that you could support 3CR in its Radiothon. Because TCR supports the fight for communities and support in all areas of struggles, so please listen to
3: TCR. This
5: is Irene Bolger, former secretary of the Nurses Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses' dispute in 1986.
2: We Need to Pay the Rent is a fundraiser for warriors of the Aboriginal resistance featuring the Pretty Littles, Worst Nurse, Ute Root, No Sister, Face Face and a heap more. Come join us on Kulin Nation land to give back. It's well overdue. We need to pay the rent. Saturday, May the 18th at the Tote from 4pm, tickets $20, available from the Tote website, thetotehotel.com. Free or discounted tickets for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, contact organisers online to
4: arrange a 3CR
2: supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time Show. And hopefully, we've had a couple of technical difficulties, but hopefully we have David Shoebridge on the line now.
0: Well, I hope I'm here.
2: Is that right? <laughs> oh, David, it's lovely to have you. <laughs> <laughs> nice to
0: hear you too. Oh, I could hear you before. There's nothing more powerless and I could hear you all on the... Uh, uh, but you couldn't hear me. I am yeah. reading
2: in the darkness. Yep. Oh, this, uh, this is guerrilla radio. We need more funds.
0: Yeah, of course you do. Yep.
2: <laughs> David, it's, uh, it's lovely to have you. And I was just talking before about the Aboriginal Deaths in Custody anniversary today of um, the Royal Commission to Aboriginal Deaths in Custody, 15th of April. And I thought it would be lovely to, uh, to actually have you on the show as a Greens MP um, and also as um, Ray Jackson being your mentor because he was instrumental in um, doing a lot of extensive work, hasn't he? For your Aboriginal yeah. people, particularly Deaths in Custody. Could you just talk about leading up to the federal election, you know, if you win, obviously um there's a there's a couple of very good policies and there's a website dedicated to deaths in custody isn't there
0: yeah there sure is um well i mean for me the 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 first and best way to stop first nations peoples dying in jail is we just stop jailing first nations peoples at the rate we 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 have been doing and at historically increasing rates which is what we are seeing across the country you know um a young Aboriginal um boy, uh, young man aged um under twenty five, is around about twenty five five times more likely to be in jail than a non Aboriginal counterpart. I mean it's just those those kind of rates just blow your mind. Um and, and I've been in state parliaments and I've seen the same thing happening federally. We're just year in, year out. We keep passing more laws that we know will work unfairly against First Nations people and put more Aboriginal people in jail. And so the first thing we need to do to address de- deaths in custody, is to stop doing that, to stop making laws that put more Aboriginal people in jail. Um, but then, you know, I mean, there have, there have been over 300 recommendations sitting around for, um, um, you know, three decades from, from that Royal Commission, waiting to be implemented by a government that finally has courage. And um, and And, you know, it's about time we did that. We need a properly funded national... Um, early alert phone system. And, you know, every year that seems to be a battle to get it funded across the country. A, a, a phone call, a phone alert, um, Aboriginal legal service, where as soon as Aboriginal people or Torres Strait Islander people, people are arrested, they have an immediate access to a lawyer who's immediately in their corner. Um, and we know that that saves lives. It's been saving lives in the ACT, New South Wales now for decades. And... It's always a political football about whether that'll be funded across the rest of the country. We need that rock-solid commitment to fund that. But, but you know, behind all of this needs to be a commitment to self-determination um, and, and not just a voice to parliament, but genuine control of First Nations peoples, families, communities, culture and heritage by First Nations peoples. And, you know, that means the hard work of treaty and lots more.
2: Yes, and we were talking about treaty a couple of weeks ago. Listeners may recall that we had an interview with with David um, a couple of weeks ago about this. But And indeed, David, I was hoping that we were going to have Ravi in here because obviously there have been deaths in custody um, of refugees and asylum seekers in detention. Ravi is actually um, an asylum seeker who came by boat here and who's in the community now. And he was going to join us for this discussion, but unfortunately he hasn't been able to make it.
0: Um, yeah. But, well, well yeah. I'll tell you the people in society who most understand the brutality that refugees are facing this sort of unthinking violence and incarceration that we're visiting against uh, as a society we're visiting against refugees. The people who most get it are Aboriginal people, because they, I mean they've seen this aggressive, violent, invasive colonists yeah. you know colonization yeah. approach now for two hundred and thirty years and. And they just see it playing out at it's, its usual brutality in this, this time against um, people coming here for asylum. And then, you know, I, I go to refugee rallies. Green's right. going to right. I go to refugee rallies. There's always such strong solidarity from First Nations people. And when I come to um, rallies for Indigenous rights, I find some of the strongest supporters are uh, people from other marginalized communities who also get it. And, and that's a growing political voice. I've got to tell you, it's a it's a growing strong, strength and sense of solidarity across across the cultural spectrum, and, and I find it pretty exciting.
2: It it really is, um, and and in fact, um, it would have been great to have Ravi here, but he's not. Um, hopefully, they'll bring him in. But getting back to the New South Wales records um, into the into Rebecca Ma, um, I believe that. You were interviewed on NIT TV. I was having a look at, um, through Google the other day, and yeah. um, and she was in New South Wales, wasn't she?
0: An yeah, Aboriginal woman she, that died in custody. She was. She was up in, um, if people are aware of New South Wales geography, just outside of Newcastle, just northwest of Newcastle. Um, young woman who had a troubled history, no question about it. Um, yeah. And um, and she, the police said they 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 arrested her. They didn't charge her. They arrested her. For her own good, they said. They oh. said because she was, they arrested her for her own good. Now, because they didn't charge her with a criminal offence, they said they didn't have to call the helpline because the helpline is only... They're only legislatively required to call the helpline if they arrest and charge a First Nations person. But in this case, they didn't charge her. They arrested her, they said, to um, um, because because they said she was intoxicated. Anyhow, no helpline called, no help was given, and a few short hours later, um, Rebecca was dead, dead in a police cell, another death in custody.
2: At Maitland Um, Police Station.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, this this culpable failure to, to call the helpline, yeah, they weren't legislatively required to do it, and we've been saying to the government now, for the better part of two and a bit years, well, we can see that there's a problem here, Let's fix up the laws, let's fix up the regulations and say whenever a First Nations person is arrested, whether they're charged or not, if they're put in cell, call the helpline. Make it a requirement to call the helpline. The the government has been refusing to act, saying, oh, they just want to wait until they see what the uh, coronial inquest is. Well, you know, politicians have an obligation to step up and act when we see a death like this, and and we can't even get that. I find that that very frustrating, and... um, you know, when we have another tragic death, at least learn from it. Fix something. Fix something. That's what we need to fix. Um, one of the things we need to fix, apart from that little indifference they showed to Rebecca once they arrested her. Um, but we need to fix that part of the law. So someone's in her, someone should have been in her corner from the very outset and no one was.
2: She wasn't even charged for anything. And really, you know, why wasn't the hotline contacted? Why wasn't she put Rebecca Ma put in a safe place and other Aboriginal people too? Miss Dew, um, Auntie Tanya Day, who died yeah. last year, and there's there's an inquest um, happening as we speak now. Um, you know all these Dave,
0: David 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 Dungay, yeah. yep. who um, um, was not only deeply unwell but was you know like brutally assaulted um, by 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 prison authorities in jail. Um, you know, you have to ask when it will end. Um, and the idea that, in 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 many of these cases, the police say, or the corrective services authorities will be saying, "Oh, what we did, we did for, for for David's for David's best interest, or we did for Rebecca's interest, or we did because of his best interest." But you know, that rings so hollow when the people who keep dying in custody keep being First Nations people. And and they're they're put in unsupervised cells, treated with a brutal indifference. A brutal indifference. Um, and um, you know, I see a lot of it in New South Wales, but I think some of the brutality we see in places like TNT and WA even makes New South Wales. You know, it's even worse than here in New South Wales. So there's, there's a sense of pain and a sense of injustice across the country. Indeed,
2: there is. And in fact, one of the things that is quite disappointing in media is that 3CR is, is and also other Aboriginal stations, well 3CR isn't just Aboriginal but they have a lot of Aboriginal programs here. Um, this station is about um, working with people who are deprived of a voice. And across the board with ABC Radio, ABC TV, Channel 7, they don't talk about the recommendations, they don't talk about them in detail.
0: Well, you know 330 odd recommendations um now you can argue about whether they've been implemented or partially implemented but i can tell you now the bulk of them the bulk of them have not been implemented um yeah. and um and is it any wonder that aboriginal people keep dying in in custody uh you have a royal commission to come up with answers and solutions this one was very expensive and yeah. very lengthy um but at the end of the day, it came up with a whole bundle um, of, of essential recommendations, um, the bulk of which haven't been um, implemented. And I, I mean, I think we should also remember about this Royal Commission that it wasn't as though it was a super soft um, pro-First Nations, pro-Aboriginal Royal Commission. It was far from that. It reviewed the better, you know, 100 or so deaths in custody, and despite some pretty bloody brutal evidence, it found not one of those, in not one of those, was there sufficient evidence to even consider charging police or corrective services. You know, not one. Now, I can't imagine how that happened. So, so you know, it was a Royal Commission that was, um, you know, a long way from being a, um, you know, a, a far-left kind of kangaroo court against the police and custodial authorities. It was... It was, in my mind, you know, extraordinarily, excessively generous towards them. Yet it still came up with 330 recommendations. Um, um, But, you know, the recommendations even of that Royal Commission, which was, as I said, quite soft on the police and the Corrective Services authorities, we can't even implement those recommendations. You know, imagine imagine if they'd actually come out and said, you know what, stop jailing Aboriginal people. Free Aboriginal people. You know, change, change the substantive laws.
2: Well, I'm glad that that the Greens are are doing that, but just to to look at the recommendations. Recommendation 87, arrest people only when there is no other way of dealing with the problem. Recommendation 92 states, imprisonment should be utilised only as a sanction of last resort. Recommendation 121 is for old fines to be waived, which is the total opposite of the West Australian prison, you know, for fines policy. And, And it goes on.
0: Oh, and, and getting rid of short sentences. I mean, what on earth we're doing jailing people for six months or less? I I, I don't know. Um, and yet some of the people who are routinely jailed for short sentences are uh, uh, disproportionately Aboriginal people. Um, uh, but, but, you know, our bail laws. There are, there are a series of recommendations about bail laws, um, about, you know, remand being where someone is held in custody... Um, before a trial, remand should be a, a a last resort. The principle should be people are released. But we've seen it pretty much every state and territory make some seriously backward changes to their bail laws. So that, recently, you know, one one third of the people in jail tonight in New South Wales jails, one third of them haven't actually been convicted of anything. They're, they're they're sitting there on remand, waiting for trial. One third, amazing.
2: That's crazy. That that's just. Who are the real criminals here, I'm wondering? Um, So, David, just to summarise then, if, if the Greens were to be elected, what would be different? What would change?
0: Well, if the Greens are essential, as I hope they will be, to a federal Labor government getting its legislation through or not, um, that's when we sit down with them and say, "Well, you want our votes? You want you, you want us to sit down and support your political project? Well, it's about time you sat down and listened to not just our political project, but the political project we're hearing from this growing movement um, of First Nations peoples across the country." Um, and so l- let's find that place to sit down and work out what the priorities for First Nations and Aboriginal people are. I mean, we have our policy platform, which is um, a, a thorough review and a commitment. For the Commonwealth to legislate each and every part of the um, each and every one of those Black Deaths in Custody Royal Commission, each and every one of them, to, to properly fund states that are doing the right thing by putting in place diversionary um, programs, and to penalise states that are failing to live up to the um, to their re- re- recommendations and requirements under the under the, the, the Royal Commission, um, and I think sometimes the, the biggest stick the Commonwealth has to deal with recalcitrant states who keep jailing and brutalising First Nations people. One of the biggest sticks they have is finances. And if you want finances the your justice systems from the Commonwealth, well, you meet these minimum principles. And that means reversing the rate of Aboriginal imprisonment. That means freeing Aboriginal people from jail. you don't do that, you don't get the money. Yeah. Pretty simple, really.
2: And, and stop taking Aboriginal land, you know, all the corporations, all the mining... <clears throat> All the nuclear yeah. testing.
0: Well, well, more fundamental than that, um, hand over decision-making on Aboriginal land, hand over decision-making on Aboriginal culture and heritage to, to Aboriginal decision-makers, um, you know, yeah. native title owners, registered claimants, elders, and, and, you know, in places like New South Wales Lands Council, have them collectively making the decision about Aboriginal heritage and culture. And when they say, do you know what, our land is too precious, don't mine it. That should be the end of it.
2: Although some Aboriginal communities and elders would say that native title is a fuss.
0: Um Oh well I, I agree that the federal native title laws are a are a, a fraction of what, what 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 the High Court originally proposed and the High Court was only giving a fraction of traditional rights back to First Nations peoples. But, but I think we can all say that if if a if there's a if there's a registered native title owner who's gone through all of those hoops and finally had native title recognised, we should we, we I think we can all say that they should be the first the first port of call to make decisions about mining projects or any projects that damage damage the heritage and culture on their land. I think we could all say that. Not the only voice by any means, but um, um, they they should be a primary voice that that should be able to veto damage to culture, damage to country.
2: I'm really hoping that that happens sometime. And, uh, you know, there are so many differing views, aren't there? I mean, do you actually work outside the system and get arrested and go to protests and do you know get arrested and and stuff or whether you don't normally necessarily get arrested if you go to a protest but you know what i mean do you work outside or can you work within the system
0: um well i think you have to do both together absolutely you? um you know i mean i'm an i'm an mp i'm stuck in this bloody system <laughs> for
4: good or bad yeah
0: um but i think you need some people like myself in there um taking yes. the fight up inside but but i'm only useful And Greens MPs are only useful when we have the community behind us, when we have built social movements outside of parliament and we force the buggers inside to actually take us seriously and take our agenda seriously. It's when we build that movement outside. So, you know, I've always viewed the Greens' job is to be that link between that activist growing... You know, civil part of society and the parliament, and we force change on parliament. You don't you don't magically fix the world by electing you know a dozen or two dozen Greens then, but, but but we can be a, a crucial link, and we can we can make action happen more quickly. That's our job.
2: David, thank you so much for coming on the program and at such short notice. And can you just um, give the website to listeners so they can have a look at this in custody section?
0: Um, well it's, it's just it's this on the federal green so just google you know Australian green first Nations um, justice um, and um, and follow the links from there. I always think it's better to start with google um, than me try and give you a link that that um, that people will end up um, garbling. so um, and and in fact you can also have a look at the state package that we put up at the recent state election as well so Australian green first Nations justice if you google that that's the best way of um, finding yourself to that to that site.
2: David, thanks so much for your time. It was a pleasure.
0: My pleasure. Good speaking. And thanks for all the work you guys do. I mean, we we hear your voice even outside of um, Victoria, so we appreciate the work you guys do.
2: Fantastic. Thank you very much. And a cheerio to Ray Jackson. May he rest in peace.
0: Yeah, and all his family and mob. Yep.
2: Thanks. Bye-bye. And that was... uh, I was only going to say Ray Jackson. (laughs) That was David Shoebridge, Greens MP. Um, from New South Wales speaking about deaths in custody and Ravi if you're out there um, I'm terribly sorry I'm not sure what happened there but um, we, we're thinking of you. There's about one minute left before I'm out of here we're going to be, play, be playing White Whitefella by the Rumpy Band this is the Do and Time show and thank you to all our guests today and it's goodbye from Marissa and tune in every Monday from four to five for the Do and Time show. And we've got Beyond Zero coming up next. Stay tuned. Bye. Look after each other.